Hello and welcome to the Modern Fairy Sightings Podcast, where we listen to people's fairy encounters. But take heed, we're not talking about winged tinkerbells here. These are real fairies, real encounters that took people like you and I by surprise. Stay a while and hear their stories. My name is Joe Hickey Hall and I'm a folklore researcher. Dear listener, Happy New Year. I hope these winter holidays have brought you joy. As we step into 2023, it's hard to believe that this will see the third year of the podcast, which came into existence in April 2020. We've come through some strange times together. Huge thanks to the Curious Crew on Patreon for being by my side and supporting this work, which appears to mean a great deal to those of us who've had these experiences. I am humbled by the beautiful messages of support I receive, and I like to feel we're building a community together, as is so important in these times. In the coming weeks, we have a tea ceremony workshop that's open to anyone, so you can join us there. This session with Todd Groob teaches you how to work with tea as a plant medicine to connect with the fae. We've got one coming up this Saturday, January the 7th at 7pm GMT, this session will last about an hour and a half. And then the following Saturday, on the 14th, we've got one starting at 9am GMT. So that's Saturday the 14th of January and Saturday the 7th of January. If you'd like to join us, please do uh, hop onto the show notes, scarletofthefay.com. There you can book on Eventbrite and we look forward to meeting many of you there. And then later in January, his six-week Qigong course takes place. This further connects you to faith through physical poses. This group of sessions is exclusive to Patreons. So if you would like to join us, we would love to see you there too. This episode is a beautiful in-depth chat with Brett Manning. Brett is a well-known and much-admired artist of The Strange. Her new book, One Foot in the Green, presents insightful and characterful interpretations of the fae and cryptid beings. Her sense of the other world is inspired by her own dreams and personal experiences. This chat is a really generous and open-hearted discussion about her relationship with these beings and their realms. Now, this episode is also available on the YouTube channel, so you can watch a video of the interview with Brett and see some of the images that were shared during that interview. That's Modern Fairy Sightings YouTube channel. Head over and subscribe. I know you will enjoy this one. Thanks so much to Brett. You can connect with her work on Instagram at Brett Manning Art and Brett is a girl on Etsy. Much love to you all and I hope to bring you some more fantastic episodes this coming year. Thank you for being here. May your soul sing this new year into being. Welcome to the Modern Fairy Sightings podcast. I am so happy to have with me artist Brett Manning and recently published author also. Brett produced this incredibly beautiful book, One Foot in the Green. It's insightful, it's enchanting, 
it's inspiring. I'm going to be showing you some of my favorite pages from from this as we uh, chat along. Welcome, Brett. So nice to speak to you. Thank you. You as well. This is very exciting for me. Yeah, it's so great because we've kind of been in touch um, for quite a while now. And I've been following your work on Instagram and you've been really supportive of the podcast too. And um, yeah, it feels like, you know, along with quite a number of other researchers and, and artists too, something that's kind of been revitalized in the area of exploring the Fae. Um, and it feels like we're kind of on similar vibes with each other. We're sort of, although, you know, there are researchers that take different angles and obviously artists that will present in different ways as well. There's a real kind of, there's a sense that it's coming from the same place in some way that is a, a lot of kind of heart connection going on, it feels like anyway. And um, I completely agree. Um, it's been really interesting to see the works of different artists that I was unaware of for the longest time. And they're creating things that are strikingly similar to things that I'm creating. And I'll hear stories as well. And they're so so similar to things that I've experienced and so so for that I just am really grateful that there's a community of people who are sharing these things together and we're somehow all finding each other right now it's so true um and perhaps we can talk about how you know whether lockdown um had any kind of particular surge for you because and it may well not have done but it but a couple of other women that I've spoken to recently that are fellow researchers we realized and we hadn't really you know hadn't known until recently that we all began this part of our journey and a kind of um it's almost like we had stuff going on in the background you know from sort of 2016-ish onwards um, and then, but then with lockdown, it became, it started to become external. We were kind of preparing for that to go externally into the world. And I don't know whether that resonates with you or not. Very much so. Um, actually, the the book that I just put out is a, a mostly newer work starting from 2020. But um, a lot of the smaller illustrations came from uh, smaller little books that I had put out starting in t- uh, 2015, 2016. I think that's when I, I self-published those as well. But um, I had been sitting on those for a really long time. And for some reason, I was just completely compelled and inspired to just finally finish that giant project, which was the book. Um, one. So I'm, I'm glad I went through with it. I was kind of sitting on it for a couple of years and with lockdown, um, I, it wasn't even that I had extra time. I was more busy in 2020 than any other year I can think of. Um, so I was just working so hard all the time, but it was, it didn't feel like work at all. It was just so fun for me. I think it's really clear that, you know, you obviously just really love what you do. And 
it feels like, you know, it's coming, it's almost like it's coming through you, you know, because it is, it feels very inspired. And I forgot to say the name. It's One Foot in the Green. And I'll, you know, put your links up later and things like that. So how, how did this all come about? Um, you know, is this area, you know, fairies and the other world and, is this something that you were interested in from a very early age? How did how did it all come about with your art work too? So um, I do have a story I can tell where I think I maybe had a fairy sighting when I was younger. Um, but before that, even beyond that, I wasn't really into fairies, I guess, because I only knew what basically what Disney was presenting me with. So, um, outside of that, I was always extremely interested, almost obsessed with like Sasquatch and aliens, just like the world of cryptids and ghosts. So I was always kind of in that world, but also incredibly inspired by just the natural world. Um, like Beatrix Potter is probably one of my biggest inspirations, um, those were my favorite books as a kid and even reading them now, they're just so, so charming and cute. And I just love them. Um, so it's just a combination of the natural world and animals and plants with my obsession for the paranormal. And somehow I, I can't even think of how it happened, but I must've been reading a book or watching a show or somebody was talking about um, ancient like Irish fairy traditions and something just sparked within me. And I was like, this is incredible. And it was like a door was unlocked. And so I just obsessively started researching all of that and finding out that they were so much more beyond just tiny little winged creatures. Like those might be some of the fairies, but definitely not all of them. And it was an obsession driven thing. And it just felt like extremely personal, like it was meant to come to me during that time. So um, I've been obsessed ever since that was probably 2019 or something. Oh, okay. Pretty recently, actually. Yeah. Before wow. It's really, but. <laughs> before the what, sorry, before. Um, before my fairy obsession, I was mostly just in the cryptid realm. So, but I feel like they're between all of these things anyway. So, um, I feel like fairies were just a natural prog progression of my interests. So. Yeah. Cause in your book also, mm -hmm. you have sections on, you know, the black dog, um, as a, some Sasquatch pictures mm -hmm. in there as well. So there are these, you know, other, aspects of as you say we you know we've come to feel that they are very similar and potentially interconnected um as as in where they hail from or it's almost like similar strange energies that they all kind of have that links them for me in a way in a personal way all the things i'm saying are just very personal and um I feel like everybody's experience and what their thoughts are on what these things are is going to be different. But I think that's also part of what they are. Um, 
there are all kinds of things to different people, but for me, they, they all kind of resonate with each other on this. Um, <laughs> now I'm just rambling. You can cut this out. <laughs> Not at all. I think, I mean, cause she, that comes across in the book as well. And I think that that's really useful to say, um, you know, you make a point of saying, this is how it was for me, but find, find the resonance and the meaning in it for yourself. Here's, you know, some, some information, obviously with the beautiful pictures, but see how this feels to you, you know, go and explore what this means to you. And that's, that's exactly what it's all about. And that, that is, you know, what a lot of us are doing as well. We're not saying this is how it is. You're clear of ever, ever doing that because I don't think that there is just one way of it being. I think everybody is, though we're a community, we all have our own individual ways of looking at things and I think they're all valid. So I guess that's what I was trying to say. Maybe you don't have to cut that. I'll just <laughs> sound like but slightly coherent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's um it's just interesting to hear other people's points of view. And when, you know, when I have these amazing guests come on the podcast and tell me about their experiences, you know, that's the beauty of it. It's just their own personal experience. Um, and everybody's is so different as well. This is a thing, but there is something that, that, you know, ties them together. And it's that same sense that ties us all, uh, you know, researchers and artists together too. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's just, it feels a bit magic, um, <laughs> that there's a knowingness behind it all. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Right. And it's very hard to articulate. So, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I'm not the most social person. I'm very awkward. But at the same time, I feel such a strong connection to just the, the world around me. And even, even the people, they're part of the world around me. But, you know, I might seem shy and standoffish but at the same time I'm I don't know I hold multitudes within <laughs> I can also feel very connected to all the things at the same time so uh. yeah and the world you know it can sometimes be quite an overwhelming place as well so <laughs> it's good to know you know where where you're comfortable to be and you know the best thing of all is that you've found you you're clearly doing well it seems from looking from the outside anyway you're sort of doing exactly what you were what you came here to do if you want to sort of look at it from that perspective I was going to ask you about 
your experience as a child, if you could describe that, because you've had a number of experiences, which you do mention in the book. Yeah. um, The one that I had as a child is probably the most vivid visual, even though it was um, technically a backlit shadow of what I saw, but I knew there was something very strange about it. Um, It was... It was uh, well. The sun was going down, so the sky was a very orangey, purpley pink color, and the streetlights had just come on, so everything had like a very orange glow. And I was already in my bedroom, supposed to be going to bed, and I just was compelled to look out the window, um, because I knew that there were rabbits that lived out there, and I love rabbits, and I just like to watch them. And they all started coming out from under this tree. And one of the rabbits had something riding on its back and it had very long on the entity on the rabbit's back had what looked like very long appendages on its back, which I later think were some kind of like wings, but very long and pointy. But when I was a kid, I thought it was a baby bunny riding on its mother's back like how a possum an opossum would do um right any better (laughs) so I just watched it fascinated and eventually just went to bed and I told my mom about it in the morning and she kind of just chuckled and said rabbits carry their babies with their mouths not on their back like an opossum and so I just tucked that away for a long time and always had that exact visual just burned into my brain. And I started kind of illustrating that. And the more I looked at the figure, it was not a rabbit. It was, I was remembering it as a tiny little body with just very long stick-like wings. That's what I I thought the ears were. So (laughs) that's one of my only visuals, but um besides dream things but those are different but yeah (laughs) that's so interesting because how old were you I was probably between seven and eight I was seven or eight I don't think I was older than eight yeah and when you saw that um can you kind of pinpoint it to anything that was happening for you at the time where, you know, was, does it, does it match with anything that was going on in your life? That time I can't say for sure. Just being a kid, things were happening all the time. I was always fascinated by things and just, I just thought it was cute and I just, kind of threw it away for a long time and I don't remember anything in my life um being a huge changing point or anything not at that point at least Mm. that's so yeah it's so magical and um the thing is with rabbits as well there's this is the second um you know, extraordinary kind of tale that I've heard in the last 24 hours um, with connected with a rabbit because 
Um, so a friend of mine, uh, Bethan Briggs Miller, who runs the Eerie Essex uh, podcast with her uh, partner Elsa, her co-host, I should say, um, podcast host. Uh, they interviewed a guy called Reverend Peter Laws, and he remembers as I think he was a young, I think he was a teenager, um, seeing this figure on a roof. So he was out with some friends, probably getting up to stuff and being somewhere that they shouldn't be, um, and looked up at the roof and saw this figure, this kind of outlined sort of shadowy figure who looked like a, a huge big rabbit. Um yeah, and I also saw um, a sort of giant rabbit. Uh-huh. This it's is like very... a band of them. Yeah, it was this is really weird. Um <laughs> when I was it when I was about I was being between the ages of three and four. Mm-hmm. So there's something about rabbits. I completely agree. <laughs> and I have a tiny little section in my book just yeah. dedicated a little bit of folklore about rabbits, but they're just, I don't know, they, they've got their little homes underground, which of course is related to a lot of fairy stories. And I don't know, I feel like there has to be some kind of connection there or just something. <laughs> rabbits are very silly animals and I think so are fairies. So I live with a couple of rabbits and they're the the funniest animals I've ever lived with. <laughs> so, how did they get on with the pigs? Because you've got you've got two pigs. You've got a female pig and a male pig, haven't you? Oh, I just have one pig. Oh, did you have the other one over to to visit or something then recently? That was him. That's the same pig. We oh, it's the same pig. Yeah. For some reason, I thought we had two. Okay, <laughs> female, but the the piggy we were pig sitting him for a while and his um owners kind of realized that they didn't have the most ideal living situation he kind of he lived in the city didn't get out much and they recognized that he had such a great time on the farm they asked if he wanted to live with us <laughs> yeah that is so cute yeah i'm going to have to <laughs> post a picture of him then what's his name his name is bristle so that's like right. a bristly brush <laughs> cute so yeah they get on all right then the pig and the rabbits and the dog actually so the rabbits haven't met the pig they have their own living space in the upstairs of our house and they're they don't jump down the stairs so they're free range they live upstairs completely but they just i don't think they have any desire to hop down the stairs <laughs> so <laughs> I meet each other yeah great <laughs> that's lovely so yes yeah, you mentioned in the book then that that initial experience kind of opened you up or did you always have the sense that there was more to this world than we're told I feel like I've always just innately known that there's something more and it's that's hard to elaborate on because I've just always known that it's there and it's something part of me and part of everybody but I don't know that everybody recognizes that within themselves and if they do I feel like there's a lot of fear or anxiety um 
based on presenting that publicly, but I've gotten to a place where I just do not care anymore. So if people want to think that I am crazy, which I don't like that word, but they can think that, um, but I'm very happy and doing exactly what I want. And I think that's a a huge success in life. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you there as well. I could not give uh, monkeys (laughs) what people think of me at all. I know that, you know, with what I'm doing as well, people might look at that and then, you know, they don't understand it for whatever reason, or they, they think it's wasteful or silly or whatever, but I really don't care. (laughs) But I know that feeling when you're younger um, and the most important thing in the world is just to sort of not stand out because, you know, at school it's, it's tricky, isn't it? But yeah, I think, I think more and more people, um, it, it feels like this anyway, that more and more people are just thinking, well, you know, let's just get on with it because, what we've all been through in the last few years um, kind of made us realize that, um, well, it, it got us to think about maybe, you know, who are the really important people in our lives? Do we love living where we're living at the moment? Because we, you know, we had to spend a lot of time at home. And do I feel fulfilled in what I'm doing in my life? And um, I think perhaps that has helped people reevaluate and decide to just you know, I can see it around me and I'm hearing stories sort of wider that people made a decision at that time just to sort of go and do what they really wanted to do. So let's mm-hmm. hope this is a mass, a mass thing. It feels like it. I hope so. If at a small scale right now, I feel like with all of the stuff that I've been seeing going on, um, which is all pretty interesting and enlightening and positive stuff uh, like on social media people what they're posting their art their stories their podcasts I feel like it's a really good thing that's happening now and it's only going to hopefully expand and reach more people and help more people see that there are many ways to think and live your life and you berries and cryptids and it's fine because like I don't know it's more fun (laughs) to just think that way um it's just a positive I think positive mindset yeah yeah it's it's another way to relate to the world isn't it and um kind of makes me think about acceptance as well that you know through kind of healing uh, system that I've been involved with for many, many years, um, the body mirror system. I remember uh, chatting to uh, the guy that, that taught me that, and he was always saying that this time that we're in, we're kind of moving out of ego, we're moving out of solar plexus, and we're moving mm-hmm. into heart chakra. And heart chakra is all about acceptance um and and this this kind of feels like it feels like that that you can perhaps you know be who you are and feel accepted for that mm-hmm. 
Very much so. And I think that is something I wanted to come across um, in my book. Um, there's a lot of allusions to just, um, I don't know, it's not only about fairies. It's, you could look at it in terms of um, like gender even. And that's something that a lot of people are realizing that there are so many more than just two and it's just a whole spectrum of amazing things and i think fairies represent that really amazingly and so and not only that there are just ways of thinking just how p- different people's brains work and those are all okay like i recently learned that i am most likely dyslexic i'm self-diagnosed but everything i've ever seen and heard and read about it (laughs) I am definitely in this spectrum of being dyslexic it's (laughs) interesting that I wrote a book in but it doesn't mean I can't read it just means I take in the information a lot differently um but yeah I feel like I wanted that to be expressed in the book just different Differences are not scary at all. That's just part of life. So, <laughs> oh, that's really great to hear. And um, you know, to to have to reach that sort of understanding about yourself must be really helpful as well. Because you know, you you start to yeah, you start to understand yourself a lot more um, when you have these realizations, don't you? So, that's very amazing. Much. Yeah, I think that's why I like podcast so much because I can retain information so much better when I can hear people or I'm read to or um there's a visual aspect along with it where that's that's why I like to draw I think I just I hold on to that so much more than reading just a page of text because none of that sticks at all there's (laughs) no comprehension and I used to be so embarrassed by that but that I I don't care anymore (laughs) because I just, my brain works differently than other people's. So there's no, no shame at all. That's, that's really interesting actually, because I feel I definitely retain information listening rather than reading. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm having to reread and reread. So obviously I, you know, done my degree and I've done my master's. It's really Mm -hmm. hard, especially, I think because I did my master's after my my father passed away and he had just passed away when I and I started my master's a month later and my the parts of my brain that were meant to talk to each other just didn't I think just from grief and I really yeah I really struggled and actually I do find that that listening because as you say you create those visuals in your mind and and that those are the connections that seem to work really well with my way of thinking too um, so that yeah, that's very interesting. That is really interesting. I wish I knew more about how how those things work, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's good that you recognize that in yourself too. <laughs> Maybe that will help. I don't know. Um, I just know that um, visuals and vocal like is so much better than text for me. <laughs> Can't <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> So I almost don't even try. I'll just get a book on tape <laughs> if I want to listen. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure that'll be helpful to other people watching as well. So I think a, a big part of your book is that you share 
how you work with with Faye and how you know you have you know built your own sense of um relationship if you like I'm not sure if relationship is the right word but how you approach and how you relate to these worlds and the beings that dwell in those worlds could you talk a little bit about that and how that has developed sort of over the years and fed into your artwork and I guess it's a cycle isn't it because it it just keeps informing one informs the other doesn't it right and it's it's like constantly updating itself all the time there's like always something new to add or um, I get a lot of my inspiration from dreams and that state right before you actually fall asleep I have had so many I've heard a lot of people who have had like alien experiences say they get downloads and I have experienced that right before like walking on the the cliff of falling into actual sleep and being in wakefulness so that very liminal area and that is when I have had extreme visuals of different entities that I put in the book um that's when I've had some stories just little fun short stories basically downloaded immediately into my head (laughs) um that sounds so silly to say but that's just how it happened I I was asleep and it was like instantly a a deposit of a story was there and I was like that's the whole story and I had to go write down the bullet points and was too tired to actually write it out but I wrote it the next day and um I feel like dream time is just the the place where I get most of my inspiration and things like that um, yeah it does it does seem that way um you've had particular dreams as well haven't you um that you have written about in in your book could you tell us about those because they kind of involved well one that you had in particular seemed to connect you to that sense of the the all you called it the great all yes and I heard you recently talk about that on a couple shows or your it was on Paul Bestel's show and I was just stunned because I the way you described it being in a a bright white mine was more like I was in a like a space like a humongous white gallery but so bright and I was just in this presence and in the presence of this entity but we were equals we were together we were walking side by side and I just knew that next to me was everything but it condensed itself down into this entity that I could basically perceive and you also had mentioned that you were kind of surrounded or noticed like purples and amethyst tones and that those are the colors of what the the great all in my dream were they were like light purples kind of light ethereal blue like celestial purpley tones and I don't know it's really hard to talk about I've never talked about this myself like other than writing it so um 
yeah. <laughs> it was a really intense dream, but it was very, a very good feeling where I was just honored to be in its presence. But it wasn't like it was any greater than me. It, we were, we were all the same. So if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it does. Um, absolutely. Absolutely does. Uh, it was, f- for me, it was, um, it was this sense of great, it was infinite. So this place, it was just completely infinite. You couldn't see the end of it, mm-hmm. but equally uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of felt myself disappear, but I was everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, vast and infinite and just, yeah, everything thrown into one, which I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't counting on that when I uh, started the meditation at all. But it just goes to show then, doesn't it? And I, I imagine lots of people must have felt that same, had that same experience. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I've, I'd never heard anybody describe something um, they're not exactly the same, but they were similar enough to what I heard you say that I was, I was almost taken aback and <laughs> it was really, um, affirming or something. Cause sometimes I think that, oh, it's just a dream and maybe it is, but at the same time it was very helpful. But then I learned that somebody else has ex- experienced something so similar. Um, I just think that's really amazing. <laughs> What year would that have happened to you? What year would you have experienced that? That would have been um, probably right when we moved here, where we live now. So uh, we live in rural Indiana on a like a farm area. So it felt, now that I think back about it, it was a, an extremely important time in my life where everything became um, like more aligned to what I guess me and my husband were always wishing for ourselves, if that makes sense. Just things kind of falling into place. So, yeah. It's really great. Yeah. What what a moment to connect with source, if that's what we, we call it, uh, you know. And when you were having those, well, you had that dream and um, with potentially other dreams as well, was there anything that you were doing before you went to sleep? Were you kind of um, meditating before you went to sleep or anything about like a, a routine before you went to sleep or anything like that? And also I wanted to ask if <clears throat> there was anything about those kinds of dreams that really marked them out as different to, you know, mm-hmm. general general dreams. Yes, these are dreams that are so not like dreams they they're like i am in another place and that's extremely apparent when i'm there and um that was one of them for sure um um i don't think at the time i had started doing any kind of ritual before i would go to bed but um i started looking into things like that so I have been, I haven't made this for a while, but I had made some, um, I call them dream oil blends or dream inducing blends. And they're just either a roll on um, essential oil perfume, or maybe I've made salves before as well. 
but I'll infuse different things like mugwort and lavender. And I've been growing those um, myself uh, the, the past couple of years. So I really want to start using the stuff that I've grown myself um, in those blends and just make, just make some more of them because I did, I used to sell them, but I didn't make very many at all. But so many people did tell me that they, they had some really amazing dreams afterwards. So that was uh, very encouraging. So I, I hope that maybe the ones that I end up making with the herbs that I actually grow have even even more of a, something <laughs> to it. Yes, I um, can't tell <laughs> if you can hear that dog next door. Um, I'm I'm very interested, very interested. Uh, a friend gave me a salve recently, and it was um, oh, it was I think it was mugwort. I think it was mugwort. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's just in the process of making um a fly agaric one. And um but I, wow. I yeah, I, I have <laughs> sure. Well yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> but you so you sell your bits and bobs on um Etsy, don't you? Yeah, um my prints and candles and things. I don't make candles and the salves and perfumes that much. I, I have to be in the mindset to do it. <laughs> if I'm just making them and there's no intention behind it, then I just, I don't feel as good about it. So I, I kind of stopped doing that and I do them seasonally now um, with how I'm feeling, how, how that season what it kind of brings to me personally and just this sounds cheesy, but just kind of like infusing all of my works with those emotions of the season. (laughs) So it's hard to turn. (laughs) That's, that's great because you're not making things because you feel you have to, you're making them with love and you're making them with your intuition and, and wisdom and that's, the best way to go about things. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've definitely been trying to do lately. And yeah, the book just wore me out. I'm tired. So I haven't made a lot of things for a long time, but um, I'm getting back into that. I suddenly have had just uh, like a jolt of energy and I'm drawing again. I'm making some candles and I'm just excited for the dark winter season, really. <laughs> Yeah, I always love, I always look forward to it. It's my favorite. Well, autumn is my favorite season. I love going into, you know, these dark months. Have you found that um, now that, and I'm so glad to hear that you've been able to find your own time for drawing again, you know, because I'm sure you've missed that. Have you found now that you have started drawing again, is there something new coming through? Mm-hmm. Um, Sort of, maybe. What I've been working on lately are just extremely detailed, maybe fairies, some kind of entities, some kind of maybe ultra-dimensional entities, but still very nature-based. I actually just had two dreams in a row that I feel like have really inspired me to just start all of these new drawings again the first dream was I was witnessing 
a UFO over the woods in front of my house. And that dream was followed up by just an avalanche, like a crowd of fairy people of all shapes and sizes. And I have no idea how they're connected to each other, but they felt like they were. So I'm just like, that's my springboard. And that's where I'm taking this new collection of drawings. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I am really excited for that. I mean, considering, you know, you were inspired to draw what you did when you did before and how much that has resonated with the interest that people have in this area. Um, and of course, you know, my own research as well as many other people's, we are interested in in those kind of interdimensional beings um, and the connectedness with that as well. So yeah, I think we're we're traveling we're traveling down these similar paths, and uh, it just all adds to the it adds to the the picture, doesn't it, for all of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just inspiration for me is just the means of what keeps life moving and evolving. Just when I get all of these strange dreams and downloads, it's just, it, it leads, I'm so fascinated and my brain can't leave it alone. So it just leads to inspiration and creation and I don't know, creation and (laughs) connected to life and I don't know I think it's just a continuum of of life really (laughs) yeah I I agree I um I feel very alive when I'm you know doing my work and I'm sure you Mm -hmm. you know feel the same Mm -hmm. it's very meditative for me and I used to think I was incapable of meditating how most people would describe it's done but I genuinely think that whenever I can sit down and draw I that's a form of meditation for me and that's when just I never have I rarely have like an a finished idea of what this creature drawing is going to end up looking like it just I let it happen organically so that's kind of the goal with my work. Like try to not be super contrived with what my expectations are for the final piece, just to like let it live its own life really. So. Well, I mean, the characters just jump off the page of this book, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sprinkle some of these pictures with your permission you know, onto mm-hmm. our video so that people can see them as we're talking about them. Sure. I mean, that, that you know, they really just have their own character. I'm really loving the, the black dog as well. Yeah, that one's based on a dream too. That visual was something I saw in a dream. <laughs> so many of these things in here are just, they were just like stamped in my dream. And then I try to just collect that energy that I felt from it. And uh, if, if I wasn't feeling it, then I told myself that this pair, this, this fairy is not consenting to be drawn. And so I'm going to just respect it. So everything in the book is something that wanted to be in the book, in my opinion. So um, one of the fairies 
in there, uh, I feel demanded to be in the book. And he was not in the, the first draft. And I just kept having dreams about him. And then I finally put him in there in the, the final draft. And it was a whole ordeal to get it in there and get all the pages aligned again. And it was so dramatic <laughs> and just silly. And then when I got the final, when I got all my books in, that is the one fairy that I misspelled his name. And I feel like it was intentional. So it would draw even more in, a, attention to him. <laughs> so ugh. I'm not going to say who it is. People will find it because I'm not going to bring more attention to him because that's all he wants, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And very fairy. Mm-hmm. They're so mischievous. I was so mad about it at first. But the more I thought about it, it was just so typical. <laughs> so now I, I think it's just a fun story. <laughs> That's great about the um, sort of asking permission as well, though, because uh, did you ever get a very firm no about things? Mm, there are probably some sketches I could look back through and see, like, Oh, I, I never finished that one and I could tell you why, but, um, I put those away. They're all tucked away right now. (laughs) So there are a few, but, um, it was never, there weren't tons and tons of them. If, if I got that impression, then I just wouldn't really even think about it anymore. I would just kind of leave it alone. (laughs) And that's a, yeah, that's a really useful tip for people uh in general when interacting with the fae basically i think you know uh it's a kind of sense thing and uh drawing back if it if it doesn't feel right and uh the most sensible thing to do right and it was important for me to not show them in like a as though they're a novelty or something but bring through their actual personality. Um, Not just like silly little tricksters, which, you know, a lot of them are that, but there's so much more to all of them than that. And it was, it was important for me to just give them their own, um, just, I don't know. Introduction. (laughs) It feels like it's uh, that they want to be kind of introduced in some way. That's kind of what it feels like. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But yeah. <laughs> so, and now now they're out there, and I just wonder what happens next, and how your dreams may <laughs> may change, or you know, how, what what happens next in the adventure. You know, now that they are out there. So yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. There's so much more. There's so many things I wish I could have done with the whole book. There's just, I keep saying the word inspiration, but like there's just so much of it around right now. And I'm just able to constantly be able to tap into that. Even when I am tired and not working, I'm still, there's never a a moment where I'm completely over it I'm still heavily interested and just 
plotting my next <laughs> drawings or something. There's always, always more. So. Well, thank you very much for, for doing what you're doing because it's just utterly brilliant. And, um, you know, I've been able to get a lot from it personally. And I know that it's done that for a lot of other people as well. So, yeah, thanks for all your work uh, that's done with, you know, such a, an open heart and uh, with honour and respect to these beings and the places that they come from and the recognition of, you know, how important it is to our landscape for these beings to be able to live in harmony with us, basically, which is what I feel, you know, you've captured in, in your book, in your writing as well. Thank you. Yeah, living harmoniously with all things is kind of like the the one of the main themes of this whole collection, I think. So thank you. <laughs> um, where is the best place for people to uh, contact you? I'm mostly pretty much on Instagram, and it's just my name, Brett Manning, and then the word art. So Brett Manning Art. And um same on Facebook. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm loving the wall behind you, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me, Brett. And yeah, speak to you soon. Keep us posted with what you're doing and your dreams too. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>